Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting and following up. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So glad you're here. We have an important topic. Of course, yeah. we wouldn't do it unless we thought it was important. That's right. But we're trying to keep things relevant to current events sometimes as well. That's one reason why we love shooting these podcasts on a weekly basis so that we can be um, also kind of interweaving in what's happening in the world along with like, what does the Bible say and how does it apply to that? It has everything to do with parenting. So this isn't your normal parenting podcast. This is mm -hmm. Courageous Parenting. And we really listen to what the Holy Spirit's prompting us to do. We pay attention to what's happening in the world. We pay attention to your messages, your messages and yeah. what people need help with. And we really feel a positive burden to help. And yeah. so we're doing everything we can. It's a full-time effort. We appreciate you coming along beside us, whether you share the podcast, mm -hmm. give it a five-star mm -hmm. review. That's super helpful. Written reviews, we read every yep. single one. Um, and, uh, you know, or you share things on social media or you buy things that support the ministry. I, I mean, we're all in. Yeah. We're all in four years now. Yeah, super, super <laughs> helpful to be running the race with other like-minded Christian parents like you. So thank you. So today, let's talk about what today's topic is, Isaac. Yeah, equipping kids for global reset tactics. We want our children to stand firm in the faith 12 years from now, right? Right. Or even 40 years from now or 60 years from now when you and I might not be around. We have no idea what the what the world holds, right? And so what the future holds. So we are talking about this important topic. We use the word tactics very strategically. I don't know if you know this about Isaac and I, but when we're coming up with titles, we try to be very clear, but also we use words carefully. I like choosing titles for these podcasts. So tactics, let's talk about that for a second. The Bible says that we have an enemy who is a schemer. It says the enemy's schemes, which means he is a schemer, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously he has schemes and we all know what his agenda is, right? Because the Bible also tells us that he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, and when we look at the history, his story, history, God's story of the timeline of the world, we see the enemy being very, very, he's very like, he's a schemer yeah. and he's constantly attacking and he's, he, I'm going to use a word, clever. At times, he's sneaky, he's prowling around like a roaring lion is what the Bible says. And so we need to not only teach our kids about our enemy so that they can be prepared for the enemy's attacks, but we also want to equip them with a confidence in a Lord that has already overcome our enemy because we can tap into that power too. Absolutely. So, and, um, and why we're talking about it right now is because it's very appropriate. If you're paying attention to the news, you understand the World Economic Forum is happening in Davos right now. 2,700 globalists from nations all over the world, including, um, for example, our FBI director mm -hmm. uh, of the United States is there and all mm -hmm. kinds of people So that are uh, super, super left wing 
um, elitist, work, elitist, yeah. work driven. They're and, money hungry, and and it, what's interesting is there's over five thousand soldiers protecting him there. They're all flying in in their big jets when they're you know driving forth change for the purpose of climate change. You know, they want us to eat bugs and things like that um, when they don't really. When they're not going to eat the bugs. Yeah. So there's so much more. I mean, you guys all know there's so much more behind this. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important that we kind of understand as parents what is happening, what are the tactics so that we can be thinking, how do I prepare my kids? Whether we even tell them this stuff is going on mm -hmm. or not, it's important. How cool would it be when your children are older and they look back and they go, now it makes sense why I was learning how to garden. Right. Or now I understand why they had me taking care of those chickens now, or chopping wood every winter. Now I understand why I was learning entrepreneurship at such a young age. Yeah. I mean, now I understand why my parents were teaching me cursive or making sure that I had a teachable heart and constantly talking about my heart attitude so that I would have a good attitude about learning things I've never done before. Wow. I'm so thankful that they warned me that I'd be tricked in these different ways. Because now I can see when people are trying to trick me. And I don't fall for it. I don't fall for the propaganda, even if credible sources are putting it forward. Isn't this what we want our kids to be saying in 40 years from now or 50 years from now? How about 10 years from now, right? Of course, I'm sure you're, you're in agreement with us. And the truth is, is that none of us know fully and I'm saying fully, pay attention to this. None of us know fully what tomorrow holds and we're not to worry about it. The Bible is very clear about that. We need to trust in the Lord, our God. But we do need to be realists and not so um, weak in our faith, in trusting God that we can't handle what's going on in the world. We need to be strong. We need to be courageous. That's how we're going to raise, like being willing to see what's going on in the world and not be frightened by it. That's a test of faith. Hey, God trusts us. He chose you to be parents during this time. He chose your children to be with you. Amen. And put you in charge of them, of his children, really. They're Equipping your children, them. but they're really his, his children. children. And mm -hmm. he's trusting you. And that's not a burden. That's a delight. That's an excitement. That is mm -hmm. something we're all trying to figure mm -hmm. out. And there are no perfect parents. So we're all kind of trying to do the best we can, but we can't just say I'm doing the best we can without paying attention to what's, so what's happening, happening around us. Right. We need to pay attention so we can do better than the average best we can. Okay. I just got to say something to all the mamas out there who maybe have struggled with being overwhelmed by how insane the world, crazy the world may seem. First of all, I'm going to say, I get it. When you're trying to raise kids and teach them between right and wrong, and the world is saying what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. It can be a challenge to where you just want to like, your, your gut instinct is you just want to protect your kids from all the things. Mm -hmm. And depending on their age, that might be the right approach. Depending on their maturity, that mm -hmm. might be the right approach. But that doesn't mean that you don't equip them to be able to grow and be ready to withstand the things of their generation. That's actually what God commands us to do. Mm -hmm. So we actually need to put our big girl pants on. Yep, I said big girl pants. We need we need to be, be willing to learn new things, to do hard things, and to raise our kids to learn new things and do hard things. And sometimes that can feel very burdensome, especially if you're in the trenches and you have lots of little kids and you're like, Angie, I can't take on one more thing. I am drowning with teething toddlers. Listen, I know. Mm. I'm actually in that same season myself mm -hmm. while I still have olders. 
That's called being a mom of nine. But you can do it because for crying out loud, if I can do it, you can do it because I'm not anything special in that way. But hey, us guys got to pull on our big boy pants too. And we've got to protect, we've got to initiate in good ways. Mm -hmm. We've got to be reading the Bible and, you know, praying for our families and taking our families to a good church where there's other people that we can fan our families' flames of faith and uh, to walk strong together. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? We, you know, families that stay alone are easy targets or get, you know, they can be fall prey to things. And as things get more Mm -hmm. challenging, you know, if you don't have comrades, other families to surround yourself around that are like-minded, that can be challenging. Very. So let's dive in. We have four little points here for you today. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, we do. And uh, do you want to go over them and then I'll... Yep, I was just going to do an agenda. First thing we're going to talk about, because equipping kids for global reset tactics, we kind of identified some, all right? So so we're going to talk about what those are in the very first point, which would be about discipleship, right? And teaching, educating your kids, that kind of thing, okay? Then we're going to talk about tactics that we see the enemy already using today. Okay, these are things that you are probably very aware of, but we want to acknowledge them along with scripture as well. Then we're going to talk about equipping. How can you battle these tactics by equipping your children so that they're ready to stand firm against the enemy's schemes? And then the fourth thing we're going to talk about is family vision. And this is very, very important because this is the why that's going to help with our attitudes. Mm -hmm. The family vision is going to be what keeps you going when you feel like you're alone at times. It's going to be what helps you to have that confidence that you are called to do what you're doing on purpose. So we're excited to go over this with you today. And just a thought as we go into this is it's important to think about and help your kids as they get older to think about these things. What are the motivations of the people that are driving this change that's not good for humanity? Well, they're people that actually, in a lot of cases, actually believe it's good for humanity. Okay. So but there's a completely different paradigm. And I think it's important that obviously you're raising your children with a biblical paradigm, a Christian paradigm, okay? Uh, The way you see things. A paradigm is the way you see things, okay? It's a framework. And these people, these global elite, these powerful people, they have a different paradigm in the ways that they see things. So we as Christians believe that we are going to heaven, that we have immortality that we are literally living forever with God in heaven. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a new earth. It's going to be incredible, a thousand times or more better than our existence on earth. How cool is that? It's going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think your children should have a good perspective on that. But what about these people that have billions of dollars and power and control that are now in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and they see where technology is going, and they see there's a possibility of, immortality when they don't believe in heaven. We're not saying there's a possibility for immortality, just to be really clear. Not at all. They think they do. They think they do. So what does the world then need to be like for them to live forever through technology, through vaccines, through, um, you know, controlling the peasants in the world, the people that are not like them, okay? They they really do believe Mm -hmm. there are different echelons of society where that some people, I believe, this is opinion, I believe they believe that they believe they're more valuable than a 
large swath of God's creation, God's God's people. Which we know is false. Right. You know, just to be really, really So clear. I think it's important as mm-hmm. we go into this to understand there's a different paradigm. So mm-hmm. when you understand a different paradigm, you start to understand the decisions they're making. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you understand the direction they're going to continue to go. And understanding, just to be clear, understanding does not mean you agree with it. It understanding means that you are at a have place where you have knowledge about why they're thinking the way they do so that you can better discern what you should be doing, what you should be training your children for to be able to be equipped to withstand their evil ways. Because the enemy has truly, truly confused them, deceived them. They've fallen for itching ear doctrines, if you will. Um, and there is a need for us to actually warn our children about this. Why would I say that? Because God's word warns his children about people like this. Amen. In fact, in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, one of my favorite scriptures that talks about this is, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You see this happening in bodies of believers. You see this happening out there so much. And unfortunately, we're going to see more of that happen um, through churches not grounded on biblical truth to start to fall for some of the tactics of the global Mm -hmm. reset or the enemy. And by the way, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID is very controversial, so we're not going to talk too much about that, but we're not afraid of talking about anything controversial because this is courageous parenting. Right. But, um, you know, I just saw statistics, lots of statistics are starting to come out, but over 120,000 young people, children have dropped dead from that have been vaccinated. And so just to think about like, this is genocidal. This is, you know, a terrible thing that was... Mm-hmm. And I just want you to think about this for a second, because there was a propaganda machine, a global propaganda machine to say that you're basically evil. You are hurting. You're not kind. You're not nice unless you inject your body with something untested that we're saying is good. The government was saying was good. And so just I just want that uh, framework because that was eye opening. Now, whether you are whichever part you were part of, if you got vaccinated or not. I'm not I'm not putting casting burden or fault on anybody right now. I'm just saying here's evidence coming out and wherever you fell on that, I think we all can learn something. Yeah. Is that we need to be strong in the faith. We test need to the test the spirits. We need to be discerning. Mm-hmm. We need to be when when a large number of people are pushing us in a direction, we need to, to question things. To question that. <laughs> yeah. And now unfortunately, when um organizations, governmental organizations even, that maybe used to have some credibility, we need to question Mm -hmm. when they're saying Mm -hmm. there's verified facts about something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we all uh, have had an increase in in wake up about that. And then the question becomes, well, how do you know what to trust? And that is a really good question, but that's why we have to, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit will convict mm-hmm. us. If we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. You guys, you got to go back and listen to the previous podcast from two weeks ago about parenting with discernment because that's a whole different study. It's really a Bible study on discernment in regards to parenting and, and the need for it today. But I want to share another scripture that's just in the chapter before the one that Isaac just read in 2 Timothy. This is chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says, but understand this, that in last days there will come times of difficulty. 
Okay. Are, are we in times of difficulty? I, I sure would say that the world is in times of difficulty yeah. right now. It has been for the last three years. Actually, it's been in times of difficulty since Jesus left. Okay. For there will be people, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, mm. proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Yeah, it's continuing. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, but having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Avoid such people. This is what we're talking about. The World Economic Forum, that literally sums them up. It does. It really sums them up, okay? Did and you know that there is a massive influx of prostitutes in Davos the the week they're there for those global leaders? It is disgusting. It's despicable what's happening. It's an abomination to the Lord. Actually, go look up Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. I'm adding in a scripture. Just go look that up. It is un. It's unrighteous, it's unholy, it's despicable. And so what well, what we're talking about today is recognizing that this there are people that are like this in the world because the Bible's telling us there are, okay? That's what Jesus is telling us in Matthew 24. We're going to look at that in a minute. And this is what Paul's talking about in 2 Timothy. And we need to understand that there is a battle right now. And the number one battle right now is the battle for truth and teaching our children truth versus moral relativism. Relativism. Another way to put it would be truth versus lies. Right? Yeah. So there's, and there's many, there's biblical truth. There's truth about history that's important. So what is the, one of the tactics is to rewrite history. I know that's happening in the United States. I know people are listening to this all over the place. You can think about your own country, how potentially has have the history books mm -hmm. been altered mm -hmm. in your own country uh, to show, to drive a certain agenda, to literally, quite literally create division amongst people. Mm -hmm. uh, it does appear that there's a purposeful, divisive nature happening by how history is being rewritten and so forth. And um, what, so what can, so when, under truth versus moral relativism, how do we equip our children? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we, we support biblical truth in your own family, in your own home. Mm -hmm. You point them to the Bible. You point them to prayer, to relationship with God. And you bring the utmost importance to the Bible in relationship with mm -hmm. God and you have open conversations and you welcome their their thoughts about doubting things and so forth. You have the kind of relationship with your children that they can talk to you about anything. And I think that is so mm -hmm. important. And I think religious, traditional religious houses often don't create that space where children feel comfortable talking about anything because they really feel a pressure to be a certain way. And while we want a powerful mm -hmm. culture that's good, at the same time, we want to create that kind of relationship where they can freely talk about their doubts and insecurities and maybe mm -hmm. um, questions about God and questions about the Bible and mm -hmm. what's happening in the world and, uh, you know, all the different confusing things that are being portrayed out there. You need to be the ones having those conversations. And on, on that topic of having those conversations, it's also how do you come across in those conversations? Are you confident or are you fearful to your children? Because that's really what stirs up fear in a kid is if their parents are fearful, 
You know what I mean? And so we need to be careful to be confident that God put us here in this generation for a reason, that our children are here in this generation for a reason. You have to believe that truth, that they were born for such a time as this. And when you walk in the power of the truth of what the word says, then you no longer are fearful and you're able to have the conversations with confidence, Mm -hmm. knowing that God has established you during this time for his purposes and for his good. Mm -hmm. And we need to pass that baton, if you will, of confidence and identity in Christ onto our children. The best way to do that is to wash them in the word, right? I recently saw someone post something that, did you know that if you share the gospel with your kids one day every week, by the time they're five years old, they're going to have heard the gospel 260 times. That's, That's awesome. phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Think about how life-giving that is. Mm-hmm. Think about how life-changing that is. Now, imagine if you pray with your children every day till they're five. Do that math. Well, just listen to last week's episode about teaching your kids about sin because that is a gospel conversation. Exactly. Over and over and over again. Right. Multiple times a day, many times a day. If you want to know more about how to do that, listen to that one. But there is, it's really important under this topic of truth Mm -hmm. and discipling your children that you're, you're equipping them to become discerning. And we just did an episode on that too, but discerning is the ability to detect what's real and not real beyond the words someone says, beyond Mm -hmm. the media. It's, um, it's really asking God to mm-hmm. help you discern things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Well, and I will say too, that there's an element of needing to um, not just... um, Okay, so can I, I'm just going to bring up something we talked about in one of the last podcasts on discernment, because I just, that's one of the points that we have in this section is that in order to equip your children in truth, 
so that they don't fall for the lies, so they don't fall for even just simple statements that really truly are rooted in moral relativism or other wayward philosophies, okay? You have to be teaching them how to discern or test the spirits, if you will, right? So there's a spirit of truth and a spirit of lies. And we need Mm -hmm. to equip our children in being able to do that. Now, can I just say something? Parents, remember, we cannot teach our children something that we cannot do. So we have to be praying for God to give us discernment. We have to be working at it. We have to exercise that muscle and we have to show our kids what it means to sometimes make hard choices for the betterment for the good of our kids, for the good of our family. And sometimes that's putting up a boundary with someone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's choosing different friends. Sometimes that's even changing churches. Sometimes that's changing a job and being willing to take a hit if that means, you know what, the company I'm working for is lacking integrity. I am not going to continue letting, helping them make more money. No way. Sometimes it's moving where to a place where your kids would want to raise their kids. Right. That's something we did. If you uh, if you heard that. So in first John four, one through six says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That is a promise. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. And that is something we need to embrace. We should have no fear because we have the spirit of God in us that is greater than any kind of evil. So they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them that we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There you go. That's what you're talking about. Right. So I think that it's important that we we give our kids this kind of confidence, right? This literally was a massive confidence that says, you mm-hmm. are of God. You are from God Mm -hmm. and he's overcome them. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That is the kind of confidence that we're talking about, passing that baton of that kind of confidence onto your kids. But this did not omit the truth about false prophets, does it? It starts out by saying, hey, use discernment. Do not believe every spirit. It also tells us from many are false prophets and have gone out into the world. It's not hiding that truth from us and just saying, oh, you're from God, so you're going to overcome. No, it's literally saying the truth and then saying, but remember, we can have confidence in God because he overcame it and the same spirit that was in him is also living in us. That is confidence. That's equipping. And how often, even in your own life, have you been tricked where you're being loving towards Mm -hmm. somebody you meet and they have some great idea and you go about it because you're not being discerning and you lose money. It hurts friendships. Mm-hmm. Something happens. Think about that. We want our children to walk with strong confidence, mm-hmm. loving, but discerning at the same time. It's mm-hmm. not just this, you know, naivety, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. there has to be way more discerning amongst parents today so that the future children have a greater discernment than this generation. Mm -hmm. We have a couple more verses that we just want to share with you guys regarding like end times or what it could potentially be like in um, days after Jesus left, because that's the days that we're living in right now. Um, One is from 2 Peter 3, 14 through 18, and it totally goes along with this, like discerning between truth and moral relativism, the recognizing, you know, the tactics of the enemy. Listen to this, says, 
since you're waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Okay, so I just want to emphasize that. God wants us to be at peace. He wants to find us at peace. Mm -hmm. He also wants us to be his bride, to be blemish-free. That's what this is talking about. Verse 15 says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. Is that true? Are there some things in, in Paul's letters that are hard to understand? I, I think that's true mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, obviously it's the word of God's telling us that, but just listen to this. There are some things in the letters that Paul wrote that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Another translation says your own secure position. It's talking about salvation, right? That you don't fall to the error of bad teaching, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we 100% believe nothing can pluck someone away. Nothing can take nobody, the enemy, nobody can take somebody's salvation. We 100% agree with that. However, there does show there's a lot of scripture that says that people can develop hardened hearts. People can walk away mm-hmm. and they can uh, fall prey to false teaching and be led. And we don't yep. want that to happen, mm-hmm. right? For us or you or your children or our children. Mm-mm. So we need to walk strong and, and as important, we want to glorify the Father with our lives, and we want our children to. That is the ultimate thing. So how then do our children do that when they're going to be living in a much different world than we are living in today? And then when we're gone, it's going to be even more far different. Like the, the speed of change is so rapid that it is just so different than it is today. Now, while we can't know everything that's it's going to be like, we do know quite a bit. You can see the trends. You can see the people in control in the world. We know God is sovereign mm-hmm. and completely in control, but we're in a period of time where these things are happening, and it's kind of exciting uh, in a way to be around during these times. So let's talk about the tactics in point two that uh, that are going to be used. So, you know, and there's many tactics. You guys are going to obviously be thinking of some more as we're going through this little, little, little list because we didn't want to go on and on and on about it. But obviously, we all saw the last few years that there has been a worldwide um, mm-hmm. striving for compliance of people to obey government rule. And that, and I say, I think it's probably the first time it's been a worldwide effort, mm-hmm. right? Because this has happened in other countries and in portions of the world for hundreds of thousands of years. It's true. There have been many attacks. There has been Hitler. There has been Stalin. There has been Nero. Mm-hmm. There have been many, many men who have been prideful, arrogant. They fall into the, all the categories that we were just reading about in scripture, okay? Klaus Schwab would be a perfect example. He's the leader of the yes. World Economic Forum. But I would say that this for sure is the first time in human history that we're aware of where we see a global effort yeah. towards compliance. And the the way that they are trying to get it is through fear. 
And so this is obviously a scheme, a tactic, if you will, of the enemy, right? He's going to create fear by taking away resources, by making people feel dependent, um, by threats, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we may even see financial um, threats, if you will, in, in you could call them threats, but in just different circumstances, I would say that even just here in America, one of the things that I have seen in the last couple of years has been the rise in gas prices, right? That definitely impacts the way people live if they're going to go on long trips, right? Especially for us, like in the so RV. So <laughs> on this point though, so fear. So think about that. So how important is it then to help our children as they're being raised in our homes in how to handle fear, especially fear of people. Yeah. That is such an important thing. One of our family initiatives for this year is to revere God and fear no one. Which has been something that, of course, we've taught our kids like over the years, the whole 23 and a half years we've been married, but to have a really focused one with all of our teen, we have a lot of teenagers right now. We're in this really awesome season where we have mm-hmm. um, four kids living at home that are all over 12, right? And so like to be able to really challenge them and go, how are you living this out? This concept of not fearing man, but fearing God and and revering him and being willing to do the hard things for his glory, not your own. Like it's just, it's an awesome season for us to like brainstorm with different kids at different ages, what that can potentially look like for what they feel called to. And in the midst of that, you start to even see like, I know for myself, it kind of puts like a little highlighter or spotlight on some of the things that I might've potentially feared when I was their age. Just think back. Are there any decisions you've made in fear? If you can think of any, it's probably not the best decision you could have made. True. It's because most decisions made in fear are not good decisions. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful. Acts yeah. 28, um, 28 through 30 says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. So these are people joining Mm -hmm. churches and twisting truth and alluring people away Mm -hmm. into false thinking. In verse 31, it says, therefore be alert, remembering that for three years, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. I think that that it just shows like the passion behind his care. And that's a motivation and an inspiration for, for all of us to like, to understand, like, I'm not going to be necessarily an overseer as a woman. I know I'm not called to be an overseer. That's something that I am aware of, but I might be raising some. I have seven sons. And so for for you women, like, I know that for myself, I look at this scripture and I get kind of that mama bear fierce (laughs) love in me regarding like little children specifically. And I, it makes me madder than mad when I think about little kids being led astray with false teeth. Teaching. I mean, Matthew 6 even says it better be better for you to be thrown into the depths of the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to lead one of these little ones astray. And I just, I think about that and I go, oh, that makes me so mad when, when someone will twist a scripture that then makes a child doubt salvation, for example. That's just like when, when they wouldn't be doubting it if that scripture wasn't twisted in the first place. Mm-hmm. That is a wolf in sheep's clothing, whether they recognize it or not. And we need to be active, activated parents who are courageous, 
understanding what's going on, doing the extra hard work and not just like lolly dolly dying around, you know, oh, we're putting our kids in Sunday school. I don't know what they were taught, but oh, well, no, you need to be in that room. You need to know who is teaching that class. And if you aren't going to be willing to put in the work, I'm sorry, I'm just going to tell you right now, take them out, take them out and have them sit with you because it's better that you know what they are learning than not to know. You know, it was interesting. Just something came to my mind. Um, in Idaho, it's very conservative here, but there's stuff being put in the public schools that is being discovered that is just gender confusing and very, very evil. And I'm just like, I understand everybody's different situations. And part of the reason children are in school is because both parents need to work. They're single moms. There's lots of situations. Yeah. But wow, what if somebody organized an effort in each state to just find a way for children not to attend school until a list of demands are made. Wouldn't that be incredible? Imagine how, how if much change ne- could if there's occur. Parents actually have power. Look right. at what happened to Netflix stock. Disney tanked 43% this last year. You guys, That's we because have of so much impact. We have control. You could organize things. Somebody could organize this that has influence, that has the time mm-hmm. to do it and the passion on their heart to literally go, okay, you're going to, intoxicate our children with filth, then we're going to organize. We're going to become unionized parents Mm -hmm. and we're going to organize and And we're going to pull our kids out (laughs) and we're going to see how you like having empty classrooms until you change. I think Christians need to take action. I know. I'm with you 100%. So, you know, you just named off quite a few of those little tactics that the enemy is using. (laughs) You guys know where we're going with this, right? Like some of the tactics are gender confusion, like Isaac just said, or even confusion about their sexual identity, confusion confusion about biblical marriage, the purpose of marriage, the marriage bed being holy and pure. Um, There's also elements of like, this is all a, a tactic, right? Not only to get people in bondage, in sin, and enslaved to sin and not living as free people, but you guys, your parents, you understand what happens when your kid is addicted to something or when they choose to be in sin over and over again. Or maybe you've witnessed other families who've gone through this where their child chooses a lifestyle. You've heard us talk about this in previous podcasts. We have seen way too many parents. This is my exhortation to you. Do not be those parents whose doctrine solely is swayable based upon the lifestyle choices that your children make. The Mm -hmm. lifestyle choices your children make have nothing to, they, they, they are not necessarily scriptural. We have to like, get good we have at to loving lead. people and disagreeing with their lifestyle. Based we don't upon change scripture. our position on what scripture says because we love somebody. No. In fact, if we love someone, we're not going to want them to be walking in sin that separates them from God and other people. But how tricky, how divisive and how much division do you think is created in families all over the world right now because of this indoctrination that is literally the fruit is gender confusion and sexual identity confusion? Imagine the division that is actually happening in churches, in families, and how that distracts them while all this other stuff that we've been talking about with the World Economic Forum, with potential like con- you know money going to digital currencies, to um, food supply, tech in food, you know mRNA technology getting in humans, these are all tactics that mm-hmm. we had written down on our list. Like all these things are happening. But let me just say, 
When you have an issue with one of your kids, when your kids are struggling with something, parents kind of go like this and they focus on that one thing because they want to help their child get fixed. They want, they want truth. They want life, not bondage for the child. And it's just, it's so bad. So, um, we talked about fear. We talked about gender confusion. Uh, let's talk about marriage. Because there is a dismi- there's a dismissing of biblical marriage mm. happening in culture. Mm-hmm. We all know it. We feel it. And uh, society's gotten to a point where people don't even care if people mm-hmm. are married and hit on them and things like that. It is a tr- it is treacherous. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. And so we have to first of all nourish our own marriages mm-hmm. stronger than ever before. We need mutual accountability. Uh, being able to look at each other's devices and know everything and no hidden things at all. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, we we need to be rock solid because it takes, um, if you have a team, it takes using that team well. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody does that listens. There's some amazing single parents out yeah. there. Uh, sometimes not to, there's nothing to do with their fault at all. Mm-hmm. So um, so anyways, but but if you have a marriage. You can find a biblical community. I was yeah. just even thinking about like our biblical community that we're walking with and how that's an extra added accountability for us, mm-hmm. you know, and how we are for them and that there there's a need for that. And so even if someone is in a situation like you just mentioned, like find a biblical church, find people that can actually fill in the gap as much as possible because that's what the body of Christ is actually supposed to do. And so I even think about like, here's Hebrews 13 verse one through nine. It says, let brotherly love continue, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're just talking about biblical community. Isn't that just so relevant? Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. This is literally like, hello, pay attention to everybody. You're all in the body together, right? That's an exhortation for like married people, be aware of the single people in your congregation and you need to remember them and have brotherly love towards them. Verse four says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulteress. This is this is very direct. What? Keep your life free from the love of money. Hey, so listen, what is the, the agenda here? The agenda is less population. Well, what a interesting way to do that, evil way to do mm-hmm. that, which is create gender confusion, which is to um, obliterate biblical marriage and, and the family right. is falling apart all over the world, right? So uh, in that way, and that's probably on purpose, right? Because the enemy hates what's good. He also hates life. Remember, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Bible says that. So and how- so how is he going to steal, right? How is he going to kill? How is he going to prevent life from happening? Well, the first attack would be on marriage. Now, think about this. How about resources, too? The tactic, too, is to probably make people believe they can't afford to have children. Mm-hmm. And and that kind of thing. So well, and for uh, people in power to try to squander money because they have a love for money, and then it affects people feeling like they have the money, right? So I am, you know, our ch- we want our children to be responsible mm-hmm. and provide for their families, but at the same time, we don't want them to feel limited, like they have to constantly check their checkbook Mm -hmm. to see if they can have more children. Mm -hmm. We believe God will provide. We're teaching our children that we need to trust God, that he will provide for our families. And if he gives us a child, that he will provide. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different mindset. So where's the mindset 
in your family around that? Mm -hmm. And what are your children going to have when there's increased pressure not to have children when things potentially cost way more Mm -hmm. for the amount of money that the average person brings in? And so what is the mindset going to be about having children in the future? Mm -hmm even amongst Christians. It's even going to be worse than it is today, you guys. If it's, if it's based on finances, yeah, the, your children might not have children. So and let's it, not base it on that. Let's not let's trust right. God that he will provide. And can I say that this is actually a topic I think a lot of parents don't discuss with their children. I don't think that they discuss their um, conversation about how many kids they're going to have with their children in general. Like, think about that conversation for just a second. Mm. Like, imagine parents talking to their teenage daughter or teenage son, and the, the kids go, how did you decide how many kids you were going to have? And maybe maybe this was something that you struggle with, and you're like, oh, well, we just didn't have enough money or we didn't have that. What does that teach your child? To be codependent upon how much money they make is going to determine how many kids they can have. And they may actually have a different perspective too, like, oh, I can only have this many because then I, I, because I want to be able to provide, you know, cruise ship trips and private schools and the most trendy clothes. And I want to have a nice, I want these things, which is really like putting the love of things and the love of money above the love of people. Which I think you've seen doesn't equate to godliness. No, not at all. doesn't equate to discipleship and launching confident Christian kids equipped for the world. Mm-hmm. It's not about the things. It's about so much more that's deep than that's that. That's right. And so the tactics are unfortunately working in many, but not for you, right? We're going to be a band of brothers and sisters that create a new trend, that create a yes. new legacy and a new influence in the world for good. I just want to finish up this scripture with you guys in chapter 13. Verse 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and imitate their faith. This is so, and then it continues, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings for it is good for your heart to be strengthened by grace, not foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. This There's so much wisdom in the word. I love it. Mm-hmm. You guys, whenever you come across another tactic, because we just went through a whole bunch, right? Just go to the word. Because the word will make it clear, and it actually warns us about those tactics. Right. So one of the tactics is going to be tech, putting technology inside humans. That's called transhumanism. That's on the rise. It's going to be big this year with Neuralink and things like that. Uh, the food supply is getting hampered. Eggs cost a fortune. All these things happening at once, right? Dependent bodies, meaning that you know, mm. trying to get humans dependent on Pfizer and Moderna on, and on uh, drugs and so forth. How about uh, the love of money and scarcity of money and how that influences family, mm-hmm. as we just talked about. And so the final two tips will be quick, um, but the third one is equipping. And we're going to rattle through some things. Education is so important. We must be always teaching, like not every single minute, but you should have this mindset mm-hmm. of always be teaching. Always be teaching your children something. If you're driving in the car, what could you be teaching them? What kind of wisdom could you impart upon them? Mm -hmm. It could be practical. It could be spiritual. um, It could be stories that have influence. I think that we need to talk about more purposeful things more often. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that life is school. That 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 we need to have that perspective of always wanting to learn lessons ourselves and modeling for our kids what it looks like to still be a learner. 
even after you've been parenting for such a long time. I mean, hey, Isaac and I are grandparents now, and I'm still learning new things. Yep. I know that Isaac is also, and we try to learn new things alongside our children. This is actually a huge aspect of equipping them for uncertain times. Your kids need to have a teachable heart, willing to learn new things and try to do hard new things that they've never done before. And it's kind of like what we said at the very beginning of the podcast. In 40 or 50 years from now, are they still going to have a teachable heart? Are they still going to value picking up a book and learning how to do something they've never done before? Mm-hmm. Are they st- are they going to have that attitude? Because that is, if you equip them with the attitude, then the sky's the limit as far as what they'll be able to do. We need to equip them to love learning. And then we need to provide them with the proper tools so that they can learn things without a woke agenda so that they are prepared when they're older. The other aspect is training, which we think is a little, it's it's somewhat similar to education, but it's different. In this, right, when I think of training, I think of using a muscle, right? So like work ethic, for example, I always say you can't teach work ethic in a day. It's something that is taught over Mm -hmm. training over a lifetime. Work ethic and integrity is like getting up every morning. I see Drew and Ethan getting up every morning at seven and going out there and taking care of the chickens. In the summer, it's like 5 a.m. They go out, they take care of the chickens, they go back to bed for an hour. And that is discipline, that they are living a disciplined life, taking care of the chickens. They are learning a lifelong skill of being faithful, hard workers. And you guys, I, I cannot encourage you enough to try to find ways that your kids can practice Having to do something like that and truthfully having to keep a a live animal alive is one of the best ways to do it. Anything that creates food and that creates resources, those are things we should be experientially training our kids. I think there's classroom training and then there's experience and both are good. Yeah. But don't miss out on the experience part. Yeah. That is crucial. That has to be there, especially some personalities uh, do better with only training classroom um, theory, books, things like that. But there's other personalities that really need the tangible. That tangible stays with kids. Well, and can I just say when push comes to shove or when rubber meets the road, they need to be able to do it. Yeah. And so usually even if people have a lot of head knowledge, if they have the fear of doing it or they don't have the tools to do it or they aren't resourceful and they've never done anything, that could actually become a huge limitation for them when they're older. And so we have got to get rid of that limitation as early as possible for our kids so that they can live a life with a confidence of, hey, I can learn anything. Right. So what are your kids not so good at? And they lean different directions. Well, have them start doing something that they're not good at. Yeah. We Part of equipping kids is being exposed to doing lots of different things. And even if they're not good at, getting good at it and handling that adversity. Yes. Adversity training is vital. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have them doing some hard things in environments that won't hurt them, of course. Right. But it's really important. That's part of the training. And then skills. What skills are different than what you needed to know. We really do believe that um, they need to know how to, you know. Garden. Garden. So. So things like that. They need to love reading. I think reading is an important skill. They need to know how to write really well. I'm not just talking about, okay, you read a book and wrote, wrote a paper, turned it in, check. No. no. It is like 
writing with the purpose to influence, writing a letter to someone because I wanted to. It's building a appreciation for writing, becoming a good writer, knowing that with the stroke of a pen, I can influence in a good way. Mm -hmm. I can make someone feel good about themselves. I can build relationship with the stroke of a pen. That is a confidence that yeah. people need to have. It's a it's a skill of communication is what I hear you yeah. saying over and over again. And, you know, there are many different kinds of skills. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's one that many people, as they're thinking about like practical things, they might not think of, but it is an a necessary one for the next generation, um, especially as if we're raising our kids to be non-woke, right? If we're raising them to be founded on truth, we need those kids to stand up and stand firm and communicate that truth to their generation or we are going to be in trouble. Yeah. And so the, the truth is, is when it comes to skills, sky's the limit, you guys. What things do you think they're going to need in 30 or 40 years? What about 60 years? Also, and just a side note, if they don't appreciate the value of writing, they don't become good at writing, they'll just have artificial intelligence write for them and they'll send the letter to you and they didn't even write it. And they won't even know what they communicated to you. So talk about really bad communication. I mean, that's what's happening right now. People are relying yeah. on artificial intelligence and it's doing an incredible job in the last couple of months already writing in other people's voices. Right. And so I just think these skills are important so that they input their humanness in to connect with others through writing, through speaking, and these things, what's real? Yeah. We're the world's moving towards what's not real, mm -hmm. and we want our kids to be good at the things that are, are real, real, so they keep doing them. That's right. That's how you impact a legacy. The last thing that we have under equipping is entrepreneurship, because um, we definitely see that there is a need for every family at this moment. We've been saying this for the last three years. You guys, if you don't have something backing you up right now as a second income, you need to be thinking about what that could be. And it needs to be potentially entrepreneurial because when the next scamdemic comes around and they're trying to get you to get a, a new shot about something else or comply to something that you feel is anti-biblical or against your personal values, you need to be able to have something that you can do where you're not answering to another man. And I, I even think of that scripture that says, oh, no man, anything, right? And and recognizing that when we are employees to something, we have a master and the Bible does direct us in how we're to comply to our masters. And so the truth is, is that, you know, having a master that's Jesus is is pretty powerful. And he created you with skills that are necessary for today's world. And to pass on a confidence to your kids and help them to have experiences where they can make something and get payment for that so that they build a confidence in entrepreneurship and in what they can do and, and to inspire them to think big. Now, what you, would they love to do? If you're not an entrepreneur, you don't have any of those kind of experiences. There's books, there's courses. You can go to like e-learning sites. LinkedIn has one. I forget what it's called, but uh, there's all kinds of these online learning platforms right. where you can find a course for $20 on, you know, a startup, mm -hmm. how to start yes. a business and basic things like that. Yeah. So, so on our last point that we want to encourage you guys with and equipping kids for global reset tactics is you have to have family vision. Family vision and the inspiration, the, the family meetings, the, the family connections, the family relationships, the family culture, um, this all starts with you. It all starts with you. And 
and the buck stops with you, actually. And so being intentional, being purposeful, um, you and your spouse together being in alignment as much as is possible and and creating a vision, and that becomes your why on why you're going to do all this stuff. It's so important to have vision, and it's so important to instill that in your children and a bigger vision of how we're all going to interact as mm-hmm. you get older and that we need to lock arms, and it's important to marry uh, – really good God-fearing people Mm -hmm. that are going to have the same principles that are going to raise up their kids to be godly and to glorify God with their lives and to really equip them to be intentional parents. And so raise up your kids to have that vision for themselves and their own family by looking at yours. Give them a good vision for marriage by what they see in yours. And it's Mm -hmm. never too late if it isn't just right right now. Work on it. Get it right. Talk to your kids about what you're working on within reason mm-hmm. and and you know help them see a vision for what they want even mm-hmm. you can even talk about your mistakes and and um, that's how they learn so mm-hmm. hey we hope this is great we don't want to have any fear as we think about these things mm-hmm. um, this is a reality this is the trends that they're going there's attacks there's tactics on family there's a tactics on uh, against Christianity I like and, that that's a new word a tactics <laughs> yeah, yeah I can make up a word if I want so we have to be sober-minded, and, yeah. and that's what this was about. We hope mm-hmm. it was helpful. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.